here's what i think we have to do man i think after a certain point in time you really need to shut out uh outside voices and uh, and and one more fucking reference video for what you want to do and i was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was bringing it up i think the catch is that say we break up our life and experiences into like a 100% right we have 100 points so 70% of us is absorbing information so every time you're absorbing that i think we need about 30% of our of our life in reflection of what we've absorbed Hey everybody, welcome to the So Damn Productive podcast. I'm Arman and on this show, we talk to some of India's most productive people and ask them how the hell they do it. And today I'm joined by Cyrus Saukar, who honestly needs no introduction, but if you don't know who he is, he's a comedian, a VJ and most recently an actor starring in Mind the Malhotras and he's honestly one of the most naturally hilarious dudes that I've ever come across and he's genuinely a good human being other than at the end when he tells me to go fuck myself but you're going to want to stay tuned for that the main topic of this conversation was just getting out of your own way you know it was, it was really crazy to learn that someone super accomplished and super well known like Cyrus has all of the same stresses and anxieties that we do. You know, how many likes did I get on Instagram? What am I going to do next with my life? What if it fails? And in this episode Cyrus really shares his vulnerabilities and and shares how he manages that anxiety. So if you have any of that kind of thoughts lingering in your head, This episode is is useful in in two ways. One because it's comforting to know that even someone who's done so much still has the same issues that we all face. And two, it will really help you understand how to manage your anxiety, not just get over it super quickly, but manage through the low times. Because it's easy to be good when everything is going good, but how do you manage the lower times? And I, I really love this conversation for so many reasons, but I loved how vulnerable and, and honest Cyrus was about what he has gone through and what he is doing to overcome that. And I think you will take away so much from this conversation. And it was a great mix of absolute goofiness and serious thought-provoking points. So, without further ado, Cyrus Saukar, boys and girls. Hey Cyrus, welcome to the show, man. Hey man, thank you so much. Uh, we've been trying this for so long, and we're finally at sort of talking to each other and speaking. It's just great. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Honestly, I'm so happy to have you on. And I'm telling you, I've been a big fan for the longest time. And I wanted to start with this serious question, dude. And okay. I've been wondering since I reached out to you about this. When I first messaged you on WhatsApp and I slid into your DMs, dude. What what was your first thought? Were you like, who is this dude, and why does he have such a weird accent? You know, you know, um, uh, I I didn't think that you had a a weird accent, and I think that uh, I get a lot of a lot of DMs like these, but I think that you had a real uh, sort of passion and know how to to really. It felt like you were in, genuinely interested in 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 this story or in conversation, and so I thought this is really this is a really interesting guy. I didn't even like usually you. If you're super interested, you look up the person or you check up on their podcast. But I didn't do any of that, so actually, I had a really positive uh, sort of uh, reaction to your message. 
Um, and of course, we took the last month and a half or two to just get down to this because um, shit's just been going left, right and center in life. But um, yeah, that's that's what I really thought about you one, uh, first off. And I think that it comes from the fact that you genuinely seem interested and passionate about your work. And that transfers very fast. Mm. Um, so it's not like you just have to fill a number. And so you're like, okay, let me just try with this person. And so that really was... Uh, what worked for me at least i appreciate that man because honestly throughout i was i recorded that message like 10 times because i was like <laughs> i do not want to be that weird creepy dude who's getting into this guy's dms and you know you know what i noticed from the beginning dude and the naked picture you sent me really helpful <laughs> you liked it it was fantastic very nice <laughs> that's good man that's not the usual reaction so i'm glad you enjoyed it very nice very nice uh, Dude, you know, yeah. the thing that I really enjoyed about you, and I've had a few people that I've had on the show that I'm intimidated of before I do, you know, I'm nervous, I start sweating. But the thing I noticed about you, man, right from the start, it's like, you're super down to earth. It's like, you're one of us. And I wanted to ask you, like, why is that? Like, do you feel like, because you are very famous, right? Do you feel I that? Any different from, you know, all of us regular unfamous folk? <clears throat> no, man. For me, I, I cannot even understand. First of all, I don't feel famous mm. uh, at all. And uh, a large part of my life has been primarily with people, with regular normal people, uh, hosting loads of events and shows and stuff like that. And for me, I find it absurd to sort of... Uh, I think from I joined I joined this field at a really young age, and I've seen more than my fair share of people uh, go through this uh, feeling of oh I'm important or I have something important and uh, I have people who may be interested in what I say. I don't have that. I've never had that problem. Uh, I have other problems, but this one's never been it. So for me, it's it's just that we're all chatting, and I genuinely feel that everybody's going through their own crap on a daily basis. And the fact that we can all have a nice long conversation in life um, is is my favorite thing in the world. Like I'm genuinely really inquisitive about people. A lot of the times, a lot of my family members find it quite irritating because if I'm on a holiday or something, I'll randomly catch a guy. Then I start asking him about his life. <laughs> what does he do? <laughs> what does he eat for breakfast? And and uh, quite frankly, you know, it's uh, it's just an interest of mine. I find human beings and their stories fascinating. So. You can't do that if you have this um, this belief that you are you have something incredible to say all the time, or that you're more important. Uh, it just is stupid for me that thought in itself. So I, it doesn't exist. My brain. Plus, I've done nothing mm. uh, in my life to to even be humble about. Like there's nothing even worth that. Like you know how you say he's so humble. After being so good, I haven't reached the good. So there's no, there's no humble conversation. It's just like a bunch of idiots roaming around asking questions, you know. Um, and so that's where it, it stems from in my life. Like I'm, I'm more interested in interviewing you on this podcast than you are in interesting in, in interviewing me. I don't that's think so, I, man. Like, uh, but dude, like honestly, I, I think you don't give yourself enough credit, dude, because you've done a lot, and that's why when when you know people like me come to you, it's it's intimidating. But then the first second with you, that completely goes out the window. So I, I see really, okay. why I'm, I really am excited about the fact that uh, I, I, that you find me intimidating. It's it's the I haven't felt better about my life in months. 
<laughs> oh, I, I cannot tell you how joyful that makes me. I'm going to write it on my chest for a week. Arman was intimidated by me. I'm trying very hard to be intimidating. Though. I'm mm. even using my bass voice. Uh, you know, so this is great news. I'm very excited about it. Awesome, man. And I, okay, let's, let's get into like the serious part of this interview, dude. You know, sure. the productivity and all this kind of stuff. But first, I got to ask you, when did you lose your virginity? Brother, uh, last week, uh, <laughs> things got lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the, the real question that I wanted to get into uh, was I, I was listening to you on one of this amazing podcast you did, and I will cite it in the description box below. But you talked about something that I've been thinking about so much. And you talked about this idea of when you were younger, you know, getting into your MTV days and all this kind of stuff, you didn't have a game plan. You just right. went and you just did. And whatever happened, I, I like this idea. Uh, you, you talked about if you got into a monkey, if they asked you to get into monkey suit, you would. If you had to sing to a cow, you would. So I got to ask you, man, because what do you think about this whole information age that we're in right listening to podcasts uh please continue listening to this one because i think that's great uh but you know reading online doing all this kind of stuff what do you think about that and do you do you consume a lot of content yourself um okay so two parts yeah i talked a lot about the fact that that at some level not knowing enough i think it was also low self-esteem now looking back and i've done some work and i've understood that the fact that you don't think you deserve better anyway so whatever you're getting just do um, there was a certain level of zero introspection into what's this going to do for me, what I'm going to get out of it. I was just so greedy for work that that superseded everything else. And, and it was very useful at that time. I don't think it's always a very useful tool. It was very useful at that point in time because I, was, I didn't have any official formal training. And so if you don't, then just constant repetition of different jobs gives you skills that you cannot imagine, right? Because you, you're doing it all the time and that, that automatically means that you're just going to get better and better at it. Uh, nowadays, I'm a huge consumer of, of stuff and I, it's like a rabbit hole, man. You started off, I start off like random shit, like especially YouTube for me, I find I'm just like staring at like 10 most haunted places in the world and suddenly I've reached a Joe Rogan podcast yeah. and then suddenly I'm like, listening to which minerals are going to be good for your brain to like random shit to a, a giraffe suddenly running around and emotionally I'm wrecked mm. because I see a puppy video and I'm happy then I see some war shit and I'm depressed <laughs> then some panic crap so I've had a nervous breakdown and a meltdown and I'm super joyful all in two hours of surfing mm. but what I was getting at is that I think there's a cutoff mark to information uh, and uh, I think that more now than ever, there's an anxiety of choice that we're dealing with. The fact that I have so much, like, have you ever had this? I, uh, I don't know if you've gone through it. I'm sure you have. You have an idea, right? Mm -hmm. And then you Google it. And you realize that it's been done thousand, a million times. And at some level, that does sort of, it doesn't necessarily always empower you. It sometimes just sets you like down saying, man, oh shit, it's been done. It's been done. I don't know. You know, it, it may not work. And I feel that, that, the only way this stuff's going to work is that you practice something you pick up in daily life. Otherwise, what is happening to us is that we're just becoming a massive bunch of quotations and uh, an army of information junkies. Like if I was to incorporate into daily life 2% of the so-called self-help, TED talk, uh, you know, look after your body, heal yourself conversations, 
I'm telling you, bro, I'd be radiating all, like energy off the walls, right? Yeah. But listening to it somehow makes me feel like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to be an interesting chat to have, and that's where it stops. I was getting to that. I was getting to the fact that we don't need so much information. If you do any one thing correctly uh, and follow it in a simplistic manner, then the impact is already massive. You know, so just like you need to watch five videos to say, okay, don't eat sugar. Now just stop eating sugar. Mm-hmm. But I've watched five thousand. But have I stopped eating sugar? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so implementation of that is and and it's like my friend Jose Cobaco. He's a comedian. Very funny guy. He was one day telling me that I'm getting a little tired of life slapping me around mm. to make me learn my lessons. I want to become a quick learner so that this shit doesn't keep biting me in the ass. <laughs> you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, so man, that's what I was talking about. I feel like we've got there's an anxiety of choice. There are too many things you can jump into, and there's very little practical work on imbibing any any of those. And if you're not doing that, then the rest is all just cute conversation after a point. Dude, have you read this book called Deep Work by Cal no. Newport? No. Who's it by? Cal Newport. Okay. okay. He's this writer. He talks about, you know, quit social media. And he's got this book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. It's just, he's a, an amazing writer. And what he talks about is so much of what you said about introspection. It's like when you take information, you need to apply it or else, dude, it's useless. Like, like you said, we can hear everything that we want to hear. But at the end of the day, dude, like I'm 26 and I've been consuming a lot of content my whole life, right? I'm like everybody, like you scrolling through YouTube, scrolling through podcasts, reading all these articles. But at the end of the day, dude, I feel like we know everything, right? Like you said, like we know not to eat sugar, dude. We know that you got to work hard. You got to work smart. You got to do what you got to do. But we don't apply it. And we're always trying to, you know seek what other people are doing. And I recently had Manish Tyagi on my show. He's a comedian, stand-up comedian in India. And he told me this, and he's like, I don't watch any content. He said, I watch zero. Because if I watch Cyrus Saukar, or if I watch anybody else, right, I'm going to try and impersonate him. And I'm going to try to be him while I'm doing my thing. I don't want to. And that led me down to the idea of original thought. You can only have original thought if you take the time to think original. So, do you have any practice like that, man? Like, you, you, but just before we got on, you were you said you had scribbled some ideas on a paper. What What do you think about original thought, and how do you kind of bring that out, dude? Dude, that's a that's that's a you know I I really I really like what he was what he was talking about uh, when Manish said this that I don't watch other people. Well, you know it, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes you can watch something and get inspired by it. It can trigger another idea. Right. There's so many processes to to working. But I think what he was getting was that that get closer to your own authentic voice. Uh, and in in all these uh, in this age of super information, it's very difficult to actually even find what you want to really say. Um, I found that. The minute I get, like, the minute I am, I spent a, till, till about 29, 28, 29, I had no Facebook uh, page, no n- no Instagram, no Twitter, no nothing. And I was I lived in a life which was very old school in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was working for MTV, and I was just doing my gigs, and I was, you know, living my life. And I think that what it was doing to me, it, was, it helped me find uh, more confidence in an authentic feeling of quirk that was just mine. Uh, and but later on, when I, when I started really researching stuff, I found there were so many other voices that were better than me doing the same thing. That was also empowering. 
here's what I think we have to do, man. I think after a certain point in time, you really need to shut out uh, outside voices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and one more fucking reference video for what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was bringing it up. I think the catch is that say we break up our life and experiences into like a hundred percent, right? We've got hundred points. So 70% of us is absorbing information. So every time you're absorbing that, I think we need about 30% of our, of our life in reflection of what we've absorbed mm. so that it's imbibed into our system. And then we are incorporating it in our daily life. You know, if you see a nice show where someone's doing puppetry and you are interested in puppets, then you got to sit down, reflect, write down something and do something with the soft puppets. You know, if you like listening to podcasts and you think you have something to say, then damn it, do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly, I don't think our voice also is only one thing, bro. I think it keeps evolving and changing, but we have to start, you know? And I think that if you don't get down and just start doing it without any judgment whatsoever, you're just going to be standing in your own way your whole life. And I think that what happens is the the longer you, you delay it, the more you get paranoid about whether you'll be good or amazing because you've been bitching out other people your whole life. So now you get into that other problem, which is that it's easier to talk about the greats, but you'd rather, how do I put this? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it's almost like it's safer for me to be just potential. And everybody's saying, man, if you do a stand-up set, oh, people will die. It's easier for me to just be that guy Mm. where everybody says, when you do something, then to actually find out if I'm good or not mess it up miserably and start again mm-hmm. it's much easier for me to be that character and so i'm you know you've got to be careful of not walking around worrying about being judged or, or failing and as the stakes get higher i think people get more and more concerned about that you look at any of the greats bro all they're doing is repetition mm-hmm. you know even seinfeld and any of the greats man woody allen they just puts a movie out every year not every movie is going to be amazing but they just keep going at it keep doing it and then everything else sort of follows you know, I, I think that's where it, it, it's at. It's as simple as that. That it's you want to write, you don't even have to be a good writer. In order to be a writer, you first have to discipline yourself to write every day. Yes. After that, you may be good or bad. But the, the first job is not done. Do you write every day? You know, it's 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 and it's about time that people started doing that. But I was sorry, Arman, I'm talking a lot. No, please talk. I love unfiltered conversation. So, please, so here's Here's what happened to me. I was, I was, I was like, okay, but this is all again in theory. What do I? How do I discipline myself and every day do something amazing with my life or at least ten one hour of productivity? Yeah. And I was watching this talk with about this guy where you know, like overweight people uh, or unhealthy people, they go to these spas or they go to Ayurveda shalas. They live a very regimented life. They drop ten kgs, mm. but then they all come back to their normal life and they put it all back on right? Because they haven't incorporated anything in daily life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of it is childhood triggers. A lot of it is the way you were brought up. A lot of it is that you don't think you're really worth a voice, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that we talk so much about professional success and output and, and super achievement. Uh, there are some highly functioning uh, people in the media who are doing really well but are supremely dysfunctional in their day-to-day life. So I think that what you have to do is almost holistically sort your shit out. Mm. And then you'll be, what you haven't achieved in 10 years, you may achieve in one year, within six months. And a lot of that comes with the fact that 
Why do you think what you have to say is not worthy? Why are you not getting it out there? And, and instead of waiting for discipline, maybe try to hit your habit center. So even if you're going to write crap, maybe you just need to set a target where I will just sit down in front of a table for one hour a day. And if I do nothing and doodle, then that's it. And then you just get used to the habit of sitting down and with a pen. And from that process, you start writing. And from that process, you start getting better. It's just about micro, micro decisions that, that I think change our day. I'm trying that. Every day, I do some small shit, but I do it every day. Like what? What do you do? Um, like I decided that, okay, man, I'm going to make sure that I spend 45 minutes working on plants every day. Mm-hmm. It calms my nervous system down. I'll water them. I'll dig them. I'll prune them. Whatever the hell it takes, 45 minutes, I'm there. Yeah. So that's one thing I started doing. Uh, I realized that I have acute attention drama. Okay. I'm like uh, a butterfly in my brain, just flying around all over. It's very difficult to tame these thoughts. Mm. So I said, okay, I'll write small post-its and notes and not read them and just chuck them in my drawer. And uh, I've mostly, again, failed at that. But I'm, but but instead of having none, I have about 50 now, mm. you know, because at least I've started that process. And it's difficult, man. It's difficult to be at a phase in your life where you've outgrown who you were and you want to change, but you don't know what to replace things with. You're in the waiting room. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what you I've done. I'm done with the past. I don't know what the future is going to be like, and I don't know what I want to do now. I'm in the middle. Can I ask you, so I, I, this is such an awesome point, and I appreciate you being so candid, man. Like, So what do you consider these stages of your life to be? Like, What was the past? What is right now? And, and what are you visualizing for the future? Okay, so like to the fastest way of coming up with it was that I told you as a kid, I started uh, desperately trying to work from the age of 14. Yeah. I did everything that came my way from bad voiceovers to being a production boy. By 18, I joined MTV. And so I was a professional host for MTV as VJ for 10 years straight. After that, I did over a thousand events. I hosted heaps of other shows. What was I really doing? What I was doing was I was working. I was because because what people don't realize is that, uh, you know, a lot of people sit here and talk about their great artistic choices and waiting and saying no to things. But if you're in in a city like Mumbai, uh, you have to be a working actor, you have to be a working host, and then you choose from the options you have. But if you have five options, you can choose those three, whether they're good or bad. I believe in working all the time. Mm -hmm. But what happened was it built some skills in my life. But it never built the other skills. The other skills are that what if you take an idea and really sit on it for, for a while and think long term with it? You know, like, for example, I wrote the dialogues of this film called Kadak, which is directed by uh, Rajat Kapoor. First time in my life I'm writing dialogues, man. Suddenly I meet somebody who ponders over a word, who ponders over a dialogue. For me, everything was otherwise improvised or made up, you know. So that phase in my life where I am getting a job, hosting it, doing it, that part is already, I've put in 10,000 so hours into it. What is the other thing I have to do in my life is to sort of really think about what I want to say, come up with something with a little bit more thought, uh, ponder with it a little bit more. And that's so difficult to do when you're so used to an easier, faster way of working, Mm. you know? So it's almost like unlearning some stuff so that I can make space for new things in my life. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of people where during this COVID lockdown also where they found new 
new things to fill their life with mm-hmm. uh, because everything we held so sacred in our life has been changed shifted or sort of taken away and we are the lucky ones imagine for other people how how difficult it must have been that process is where i am right now i must say it is difficult uh, because of all my patterns and my uh, you know default settings you know what default like you know like how you you say i'm going to change and you're working really hard on stuff and then one trigger and you're back to your lazy default setting yes. <laughs> i very much know that too yeah bro like my friends like bro you need, if i if there's a packet of chips in the house i will eat it so i need to have nothing in the house that's the only way i'm going to improve because i am a uh stubborn bastard <laughs> you know yeah. uh yeah so it's it's about that man it's about trying a lot in in micro decisions to make sure that you can at least try to do new things otherwise it's all theories now oh i'm writing a book oh i'm lingering for the last 6 years on this story idea and everybody's like wow what a nice story idea you should write it and then we discuss that and i go to sleep i i got to get out of that man we got to get out of that or then be comfortable as a told you earlier with not doing it and just chilling but don't be in the middle i i i really love where you're coming from man and i think a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that man it's it's that movement it's all about momentum right like once you're in that flow dude you're then, moving yeah. and it's you're flying. it's so interesting because you're you're so right the constant movement of one job to another job to another job it's almost the easier thing to do I'm not saying that it's easy right but it is it is the easier thing to do because eventually what you're doing is you're running and quite frankly bombay is an expensive city you need to make money you know all these uh, and 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 working constantly is a really big upper you know i mean mm-hmm. I, i don't know if people are honest enough to tell you that but every single person i know is on one job and already planning what are they going to do after that job because mm. that's how difficult it is in the media to survive and have a sort of long relatable uh career you know where you're still relatable after 10 15 20 years so people are just like dude what's next what am i doing next and um in that process then your authentic selves could disappear a little bit you you know it's not it's not 100% it will but there's a big chance that it will and if you're okay with that fantastic if you're not okay with it you need to take time out and and work on new skills i and i did that through theater uh we did a clowning play i did that to puppetry now i've been acting a lot more than i've been hosting and and that's a new world for me so i'm starting from zero so every once in a while you have to push your ego aside and i think just start from zero and go back to that i don't know any better i need to learn from zero and if you can get past your ego and start something new uh and say i don't know anything man i don't know you know then the magic can really be amazing it can be an amazing amazing experience uh, to sort of start from zero and have no expectations for yourself so man um that's brilliant and and it's so awesome. i think i'm going to levitate arman you <laughs> <laughs> sounding like talk shit straight for, for half an hour and yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but dude like you know so a lot of people who listen to this show they're probably between i mean 18 and 35 right so a lot of people who listen to this show haven't done what Cyrus Saukar has already done right Cyrus has been a VJ you've been in shows you're on Mind the Malhotras which is amazing but now you're taking a step back and you're saying how do I reinvent yourself right but at the beginning dude do you, do you think like it's crucial just when you're younger just get on that momentum or do you think you should start this kind of introspection process earlier 
I think a lot of it is based primarily in your personality. And you should therefore spend some time in trying to figure your shit out really fast. Like, who are you? What makes you happy? Some people are research-based. They need to watch 2,000 videos before they come up with an idea. They like studying. They're students always. Some people are, you know, uh, outdoorsy people. They like to get their energy from other people. Mm -hmm. They get to work fast and, 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 and then see how things pan out. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned from COVID and the way the world is, that your plans don't mean anything anyway, right? So these great 10-year plans... It's bullshit. But I find that the, the 18 and the 20-year-olds are so industrious and so smart, and then they've got technology on their side, that that quite frankly, I mean, they, they really do find their voice, you know, pretty fast. And I think it's the most amazing time. 18 to 25 is where you should just be fucking around, trying all kinds of stupid things, right. making mega mistakes, uh, being fearless, uh, please be fearless about your ideas and about trying things uh, because the more shit you overthink, this overthinking is a frigging nightmare, man. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, man, I think that a little bit of self-work is really important. I did very little of it because I was just working. But spending some time trying to understand who you are, understand your triggers, understand why you always evade shit gives you tools to figure out your life, man. Because uh, on a good day, everything's perfect. But what do you do on the bad days, on the rough days? You're feeling low, you're feeling tired, you got to go to a comedy set for an hour and a half. Then all the other micro settings that you've done for yourself, they'll kick in and take you forward. You know, otherwise you'll be a lost cause. Like people don't understand. It's easy to be all nice and cute when you're busy working and employed. What I think actors should and performers should train for is what do you do when you're not working? What do you do when you get rejected from something? What do you do when you got three months off and you're just like looking around, doing nothing? Then if you're working on some other shit for yourself, I think it's quite magical. And and I think I'm seeing a lot more of that in younger 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds than ever before. Just be careful of not getting too much information out there and trying to find your own authentic voice, you know? Bro, there, there's so many things I want to take from that. Like, And I'm going to put a pin on a few things. But I want to f- talk about this authentic voice, dude. So this is something I struggle with. And, you know, anybody in a social media world struggles with, right? Because I'm this, like, goofy kind of guy usually, right? Like, you know, when I'm with my friends, I'm, like, making all these kind of weird jokes, all this kind of stuff. But when the camera comes on, dude, it's, like, you know, stiff enough, you know, look professional. And it's it's kind of like a, you're floating between who you are. How do you, like, let go of, like, stress and anxiety and especially in a comedian's world that's super tough because you have to be in a you know i'm in a relaxed phase how do you kind of get into that mode where you're like first of all i don't give a shit what anybody says if this joke doesn't land it doesn't land right how do you get into that state of like i'm chilling i'm calm on stage dude like that like i i mean i think for three years straight right i in in school I was uh, I was always the fun guy. I was always hosting stuff. When I so when I joined MTV, I thought, man, the whole you know thing's gonna just transfer. It's gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. And every time they'd say action, I used to something used to happen to my face, and then I'd just be the most unfunny person on earth because I didn't realize that just because you're funny in a in a drawing room doesn't mean you're gonna be funny on camera. Uh, it's a completely different skill set, or just even remotely entertaining. And then I had no energy. Like either it was too hyper or it was like 
fucking weird looking. I don't know what happened to me. I was to malfunction on camera to a point where my my director actually called me into the editing suite and said, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you making all these faces? You lose interest to such a degree that you start dropping the mic while someone is talking." So this <laughs> shit. Um, and then I used to feel like I'm gonna. I used to feel this horrible, giddy feeling of wanting to throw up every time I had to host a show. Like I used to pray that no one turns up for a live event just minutes before I have to host it because of that absolute fear that I'm going to be judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one afternoon, I, I remember I was hosting something in Chandigarh, and uh, there were a lot of people out there. And I was sitting in the washroom, and I'm just like, "That's it, bro. I'm done with my bad behavior." This is what I do. I'm just going to go out and do it. And I have not, now I've obviously got used to it because I've done it for years. But I think that the way to get over it is by adding a level of structure to your life. Uh, for example, um, Cyrus Brocha and, and many other comedians were very improv oriented. Nikhil Chinappa was not. So he would write down his openings. Okay, if he's going to go on stage, he's write down an opening that was sharp. Then he'd write down and keep a few jokes with him, so that if shit fucks up, I'm going to have this back end. There is nothing wrong with putting in the hard work because that will give you confidence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got to be relentless with it, and little by little, you automatically will stop giving a shit because eventually you start realizing that everyone who's come and is watching you eventually does want you to succeed. They don't really want you to fail. Because they also traveled, they also reached somewhere to watch you, or they're sitting at a bar where you're performing. They don't want to have a bad evening. Mm-hmm. And the minute you take them with you on that ride, and it's almost like they are part of the act, I find that you're not alone. Do you know what I mean? And I mean it. And it takes some time, but 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 if in case you're not this great natural genius wonder who just lands up on stage and everyone's smiling and clapping for you, I think put in the hard work of writing opening sets. Of writing down things you're going to do because that structure will give you the momentum when you don't have any. Mm. Everybody doesn't have to be like Charlie Chaplin the day they get on stage. You know, put in the hard work, man. That's all it is. If you're really good, straight five times in a row, automatically everybody will be like, "This guy's amazing. Let's give him more work." Yeah, man. I think that's that's honestly very powerful, dude. And you and know, Armand, I, maybe maybe what you are perceiving yourself as mm-hmm. may not be your like. Supposing you, you you visualize yourself as the goofy, fun guy, right? Maybe that's a psychological way of you protecting who you really are. Maybe you're just a seeker. Maybe you're funny sometimes and not funny all the time. And maybe people people will take some time to get to know you. Then they may not even like you, and then they get used to your ass. So it's going to take some time. And the only way all of that's going to happen is if I'm going to see enough of you. I I feel you, man. And I I, I that's <laughs> again that's super powerful, dude. And, you know, I, I had this one thing on a joke, and I, I, w- I wanted to hear if, if this is right, the way I kind of interpret what con- comedians do. And I've seen, you know, you, you're a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld, and I've seen he does this. It's after you make a joke, are you confident enough to let it sit for like two seconds? And, you know, let, if, if it's awkward and it fails, it fails. But if you just speak over yourself again and close up the joke, then nobody's ever going to laugh, you know? Dude, absolutely. You have to let shit simmer. Sometimes I have had more fun at five jokes straight failing and then that long pause, right? Yeah. 
than than anything else. You know, for me, I just say it, man. Like for example, I did a set for a banking company. I wrote this set for like three months. I thought it'll be really funny. Mm-hmm. Try it on all my friends. Everybody's like, "This is hilarious." I go there and it's a, it's in Paris for HDFC Bank, mm-hmm. and um, I try out my set. All insurance agents, top-notch guys, bro. I'm not even talk. I'm saying, forget a laugh. That's you don't get a laugh. It's fine. Yeah. Not even a not even a sound. Like not even a snigger. Uh, and I went for seven minutes straight. And then I'm like, dude, this is the most depressing shit I've ever dealt with in my life. And I started bitching about how bad this set is and how wrong this day is going. And that got a laugh, right? Uh, I'm saying the pauses are really important. And letting it sit there uh, is as important almost as the information, right? The room, you're, you're, eventually you have to remember you're the only guy with a mic, so you are the most powerful person in the room. They are, they are stuck with you. So eventually, uh, you know, you do have to own it a little bit. But I think that that they don't give up on your jokes too fast. Like, yeah. just give them a little time. I'm not saying take an 11-minute pause, Arman. <laughs> but, but you have to stop worrying and getting with the next and the next. I think it's empathy, bro. They need to like you first. Mm, I feel you, man. Yeah. And dude, you know, the, the thing that I really wanted to put the pin on that I want to take off now, dude, is this, you were talking about this idea of self-work and you got to know yourself, man. And you got to figure that out before you're starting off. Yeah. How do you like, you know, knowing yourself is such a um, high level thing, right? Like, what is that? How do you kind of reflect on who Cyrus is? Like right now, how are you reflecting on who am I and who am I going to be? So I I think that, what I what I mean by that is that, for example, there'll be jobs that you'll be offered, and the jobs may be good for you uh, professionally, but you'll be unhappy with them. And those choices are things that you will not be. Then then there's no point in working like that, right? So, a lot of the times, people will give you things to do in your life, which may be very good for your career, but will be terrible because you won't enjoy them, and it's not how you want to work. Mm-hmm. I think it's better not to do that work then and go work in a smaller podium or a smaller stage where you feel that you're doing more and more things that you like and enjoy because that's going to build confidence and it's going to build character, uh, which actually will show up in everything you do. When I say know yourself a little bit more, it's just that know what your wants are, know what your desires are. Stop being boxed into uh, what other people's perception of you is because they don't See, all I'm saying is this, man. Supposing you ask me for a piece of advice. I'm giving you that advice. I've spent 20 minutes talking to you. What do I really know about who you are, where you come from, what your triggers are, what drives you? You, on the other hand, have spent a very large amount of time on yourself, introspecting stuff. So why do you need me? I think that your advice to yourself would be better and and, and more productive. Uh, So sometimes you have to be careful also of what you're picking up. You know, um, when I say reflecting on stuff, it's just that that spend some time, man, finding what works for you. Uh, go with that. Stop being so judgmental. I think we've come, you know, we, 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 you switch on Instagram, you, you're scrolling, you're suddenly seeing 10,000 people doing 10,000 things. You're like, maybe I should also put a funny video out, you know, then put it out. Then don't worry about who like it. Is it even worth it? Otherwise, you're going to go batshit crazy, bro. You know what I mean? 
I know what you mean, bro. It's it's that tentative thing before you press go. But yeah, then bro. the caption. What should I write? <laughs> it's like by the end of the day, you're like, oh God, just put it out there. Look at the error. So so every medium deserves that much time. If you're writing a play, maybe it takes longer. If you're putting a post out, takes shorter periods of time. Uh, and 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 spend some time. What I mean is train yourself on shit. Like for example, you'll be on a shoot uh, in. In theory, the shoot's going to be amazing, but sometimes you may land up at a place where everything's late. Nobody knows where your costumes are. Suddenly, all your great skills are out of the way and your people management and your patience kicks in. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying just do micro-training of your personality. The mm-hmm. rest, you already have done enough work on. Uh, work on just stating what you have to state, not getting ruffled so easily. Uh, and then enjoying the ride. You know, I think people have to make a decision really fast in their lives. If they're here for a marathon career, or they're here for a short sprint. And if they're here for a marathon career, man, then you just got to go with it, bro. You know, you'll have, uh, you'll have good days, you'll have terrible days, you'll be out of work for quite a few months. Uh, after 20 years of working also, people will keep asking you, what are you doing these days? Mm. What are you doing now? It's the same shit. And so, um, the most magical journey would be the one that you will take with yourself. That is yours. Nobody can take that away from you. And, or from you, you know, and so might as well put in some effort into that. I, 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 I think that's, yeah. that's all, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish off. No, um, no, no, tell me, tell me. So I, I love this idea of a marathon career. And, you know, I kind of think about that when I'm doing this podcast or I'm doing my YouTube channel or I'm doing a few things on the side, right? Like, let's say we put out this podcast, right? And it performs really badly. Right. And, and I've been saying this a lot. Um, if I'm thinking... I'm going to do this podcast for 10 years. Right. What is one episode out of 600? Right. And then I have the time to analyze, dude, what, why did it go wrong? Maybe the audio wasn't there. Maybe I wasn't as relaxed. Maybe whatever the 10,000 things it could be. Right. But now I have 10 years to iterate and I'm not expecting this to be, you know, the next big thing tomorrow. Right, so I, I love that idea of of a marathon, man. Have you already have you always viewed your career as a marathon? So, it it puts yeah. less value on a day, but it also gives you the sight to think long term. You know, I don't think it puts less value on a day. Okay, uh, but what it does is, if if it on the bad days you understand that this is just part and parcel of the career, so you don't get as stressed out if you're not got work for a few months you don't get wired uh, you understand that this is the choice of career you've chosen there are going to be long runs of a lot of work and then no work for a while and sometimes you're just dilly-dallying um you know if you put on and, and also that that sometimes your old work gets found out randomly a few years later also which is also bizarre you know i have two shows one called hole in the wall which is a children's show we did 450 episodes of it man uh, it aired did okay. And then seven years later, they started re-airing it at a night slot on, on Pogo. And it did incredibly well for them. Because a whole new generation and audience of people started watching it, were younger and were tripping on it. Um, what I'm trying to say is that the marathon career is, is that basically if you're here for the long run, then you've got to build yourself up emotionally to understand that you're here for a long career which means that even the medium that you're operating on may change. Today, there are podcasts, tomorrow podcasts may not exist and some other medium may take over. 
You need to be adaptable to that medium. So the only thing you really have is your adaptability, your creativity, and your personality that you have honed in a way that can shift from one thing to another and give you skills. So, so I feel that, you know, that is, that is a marathon career. And a sprint career is when you're worried about today and what's going to happen right, right now. Uh, if you think long-term and think relatable and worry about putting good stuff out there, there are numerous examples of something not doing well immediately and then doing supremely well as time goes by. Supposing I logged onto your podcast. I never heard of it before. Uh, I heard one podcast. I liked it. Suddenly, I realized there's nothing else you put out. So I don't know you anymore. All this work is for your marathon career because then later on, I'm going to revisit you and I've got 300, 500 episodes to go through. And I'm like, damn, man, I just found this guy. And this guy's got amazing shit he's been doing for a really long time and I've found him, you know? I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, yeah. and for listeners, like, you know, it's not easy. Like you, you say this and you put it into practice, but it's not easy. When you see that view count, you, you're upset, right? Like, let's be honest. You're rattled, bro. Yeah. But and you, you're seeing other people like doing nothing and they've got millions of views and it screws your day up. You're like, why, why, why? Yeah, you're like, how the hell is that, dude? You know, this guy did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, this content is not good. But, you know, again, that's all part of the thing. I and mean, if you think long term, like, I like to think when I, whenever I'm feeling low, it's like, I'm going to outlast that guy. I'm going to outlast that girl because I'm going to be here in 10 years. Is that yeah, and, and also that maybe you shouldn't judge anything. Your job was to do the podcast and put it out there. And after that, you need to back off. Do you use social media, man? Like, are, are you... Like, barely, man. Very bad at it. Uh, I had a... Uh, I, I just... I'm, I'm just not... I'm too busy doing my own shit. And I'm not... I feel that social media gets me very anxious, man. I get damn anxious if I have to put stuff out every day because I feel like I'm serving an algorithm. Uh... You know, the more I post, the more followers will happen. And uh, it's me a little rattled, bro. Um, and I'm working my way around it. Uh, I don't think I've figured it out yet. But nothing about social media gets me. Like if, I put some, if I'm doing some work and I've got to promote it and put it out there, it's great. But on a daily basis to be working on something, I find it exhausting. I really do. And that's my problem. I know a lot of people out there do it very well. Uh, uh, and I know it's imperative and it's very important if you want to have a career to have a good social media game on. But I'm just somebody who's a little wary of it still, you know? I, I don't want to have a very intimate relationship with social media because I think it's going to drive me batshit crazy. Dude, I think that's so true. And again, I, I think you should read this book called Deep Work. I'm going to send you a link right after it. Yeah, please. Deep Work by Cal yeah. Newport. And for all the readers, you know, I, I mean, for all the listeners, I've been talking about this book nonstop. But he talks about this. He said in this book, you know, for journalists who they're being forced, like the New York Times is saying you have to be on Twitter. So if you leave a task and you go to tweet, right, it is very cognitively draining. And when you've done that, you, you're out of the flow of the other task, you've done social media poorly, and you're, you're not doing either well. So what he argues for is focus on that, that article that you're doing, because that's 10 times more important. And he cited this person who wrote this book during a year, and he had no social media, but as soon as he published that book, it became a national bestseller. Why? Because it was so good that it couldn't be ignored. Absolutely. So, that, that, Absolutely. That's where I, I think, like, you know, why don't you outsource your social media, man? Like, why don't you say, hey, you, you know, somebody else do this? And I'm going to focus on my thing. Because, because I feel like I haven't found anybody who can really 
represent the quirk. Like everybody gets stereotyped into one little box. We're going to have Cyrus Sundays and uh, throwback Thursdays and we're going to post pictures of you. And I'm like, no, man, no. You know, at least I'm putting a post out. It's mine. Uh, uh, but this, somebody handling my shit for me, I haven't found that level of quirk. And I want to. So tomorrow I may start, you know, and during the lockdown, I was really having a lovely time on social media. I was doing this dog called Moti, who's a dog who hates his family. And it was a Snapchat filter. <laughs> I had a cat that talked like Osho and picked out the world. Uh, I was doing puppetry. I had a puppet who was paranoid all the time thinking he had COVID. Uh, and, and people loved it and they're so sweet. I mean, I had a really good experience with it. But then again, I got some other work and I went back into that work and I got lazy. You know, if you can uh, use social media at, at your convenience for yourself and not worry so much about the output of how much it's going to get liked and shared, which is very difficult because I would put something out and then I'm like, why isn't it getting liked? Why aren't people sharing it? Shit, man, this guy is so good. I got into that trap, bro. And then I was like a really bit, bit of a bummer. So then I stopped doing that stuff for a while. You know, I don't like being, even though if you're in the comedy business, you're going to be judged every second. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't like the idea of being judged all the time, but putting stuff out there until I realized that it's I'm not important and it doesn't matter. And so just put it out there and have fun. Uh, you know, and and I think in the future it is something I will be participating in a lot more. But mm-hmm. um, but you got to do it at your pace, man. Don't get like hectic on it. So I, I don't want to outsource it to anyone because I just haven't found anyone who gets it right for you me. Can say you can be your voice. I don't have pictures, man, of like in a suit. <laughs> and I haven't gone to the fucking Maldives. <laughs> and I haven't baked banana bread. You know. <laughs> I want to I wanna have the most boring page on earth and maybe people will come there for boredom. Dude. Like yeah. all I do is I post only buttering a toast video for one year. Dude, <laughs> I swear to God, I promise you, you will, you will go uh, crazy with that because, I, I again, I talk about this often. There is this Korean YouTuber, okay? All he does, man, all he does, he's like 14 years old, he eats ramen and he streams it live. Bro, and he's then, got millions well, of... People, are you millions, fucking serious? Millions of subscribers, dude. <laughs> and he gets paid millions of dollars per year. So you, dude, I, I, I feel like everything I said till now is bullshit. <laughs> Just eat ramen. That's what I think is the way forward. Everything, all this crap I've been talking about for half an hour is crap. This is, uh, this is it. And I, there are hundreds of these people out there, right? There's a lady who earned thousands of dollars apparently because she farts on YouTube. <laughs> As people log in and hear her fart and get very happy. And and I'm like, oh, fantastic, man. This is a, I've been wasting my time <laughs> thinking of what someone would like. Dude, you know? that, that's, that's true. That's and, true. And, and I'm the same, right? Haven't you ever watched some really like weird, like dumbass video of some shit and just like laughing and just watching it? I don't know what, what, what triggers the brain, right? Bro, I have some, I have some weird shit with watching people fall and slip and hurt themselves. Love I don't it. know what this it. is, man. Like, yeah, I, I'll be scrolling and just watching people, like, fall. Yeah. Like, even old yeah. people. And I'm like, dude, that's yeah. messed up. But it's funny oh, as hell. No, it's perfect. It's amazing. I think it's some nascent joy. Like, I can still keep watching that shit. And it makes me so happy. Someone slipping. Yeah, dude. And trying to hold on to shit. Makes me just laugh. I can't stop it. I can't stop myself, you know? You know, you know the funniest and thing all is... all that intellectual shit goes out of the window. 
<laughs> the funniest thing is, dude, when when they look up and they're like, you know, did anybody see that? Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. saw that, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I think that's what the that's what it is, man. I think that that's the what I have taken away from from this entire chat is that I need to start eating ramen. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you man. could do a great job. You know, yeah, you know, I'm, some breakfast. Even aside my butter, butter my butter my toast every day for one hour. Dude, I'll be Slowly. a subscriber. I'll be there yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah, and I won't shift my eyes. I'll just be like the creepy guy who just keeps doing it. No eye contact. You know what I mean? Everybody, it started here, okay? On this podcast, Cyrus right. buttering bread is is yeah. exclusive to here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I want millions of people to log in. Just watch me do this and then I leave. I don't even eat the bread. Dude, I love this, man. And I want to be very cognizant of your time. I just want to ask you this. Um, what... What makes you feel most creative? Like what habits, what routines, what what mindset makes you feel like, you know, I am Cyrus Aukar and I'm confident and I'm going to execute on the shit I'm talking about? Man, I wish I was that I wish I was that guy who had that game plan. There are many people who do. For me, what makes me feel most creative, most uh <laughs> grateful for for anything i've done and really the few moments in my life when i feel i've actually been quite good is when i've actually forgotten myself completely mm -hmm. uh sometimes it happens when i'm doing a show sometimes when i'm acting it's mostly also in theater where it's almost like you forgot about yourself and you got so absorbed by what you're doing like a child playing almost you know with a toy or with mud or with anything that it's not about you anymore. It's about something else. It's about what you're doing or something higher than you or you're here and you have all these people who've turned up from their own rough days and you made them laugh. That first laughter or that first feeling of collective joy, which is so much beyond this egotistical sort of, you know, approach you have to yourself that I am here, I'm going to own this stage and I'm going to take them apart. Like when we all are sort of participating in this thing, and it's happened to me quite a few times in my life, man, where I've just forgotten where I am. I'm just doing what I'm doing. And then it's like a flow state, you know? Those have been the most magical moments in my life uh, when it comes to my career or my work. And sometimes they happen on a very small scale. They happen with 20 friends you're sitting and chatting with. And sometimes it happens in a bigger way. The constant desire is to summon them at will, will that, that state or that, that mode in life. Uh, but that is when I felt most in love with what I do and most grateful for it. That I think for me, what works is to find something that is beyond me, where I'm just a participant in this process. And that mistake that happens, you know how you're doing an act, you're, you're acting sometimes and you'll do something which happened by mistake and it's funny and it'll never happen again in the same way. For me, that's what I live for those small mistakes that happen in your life because you're being sincere about some shit and not bringing your giant ego or your, you know, your, your 10 years of work and all that crap to the, to the game. You're just there like a child playing, participating. I think that's the word. The minute I'm participating with all my heart, I don't even give a shit if no one watches. All the rest of that crap is like statistics and how many shares and who liked it and what are the numbers. Mm, I don't know, man. I feel like that somewhere gets in the way of your authentic voice. Just go and have fun. And the only thing I learned is that if you want to do something, 
find people who are already doing it and fucking hang out with them because they'll carry you when you are not carrying yourself you know True. i wanted to yeah, let that sit for a second cuz that was that find was... a gang of people who you think are doing what you want to do and just hang with them to see what they do and just go along participate participate in life participate with people be play you know this is the word then what else bro what do you know and i know about anything like who are we you're just a couple of collection of all the information you and me actually have it's just shit either we read or saw or heard <laughs> your hard drive is that's all you are right but the participation and the mistakes and the magic that can happen by mistake while you and me are chatting and i drop this bottle of water and i miss my face it'll never happen again you know and you will probably remember me as that guy you know and yeah. all the rest of the oh you did this and that who cares who cares <laughs> i don't think anybody cares it's about <clears throat> how you make people feel at the end of it all uh, and so that journey is easier for me because then i'm not working for myself when i'm working for myself i'm bad employee bro 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 you know? bro i absolutely have that is so powerful and i kind of want to ask one more question which kind of goes bro, bro. off of this is is life serious man like should we be taking life so serious and and our objectives and our priorities and our routines and our schedule and all this stuff man like what you just said is we're best when we're a kid and a kid right. is not focused on that a kid is in the moment is in the present you know it, he's always there she's always there so is life so serious man i think that i believe that, that i think i think you need to mix it up because yeah, i i believe purely in that you should be a kid but what happens is that you need to also have another side to you which is more pragmatic and because life is also relentless and tough uh this is my true opinion on this not that i have the answer because i'm still toying with it myself but i think you need to almost micro train your 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 life um in terms of that life can be hard and difficult also but your your participation in it and your reaction to it is what decides how you take it upon yourself uh, so you can still be childlike and and okay here's what i think like i'll i'll as start again uh i'll have a day where something small will bother me and now it's anxiety has taken over my entire day and i should actually be worrying about writing something amazing or creating something beautiful but this shit's fucking entered and now it's wrecked my whole day and my brain is only thinking about that right because i'm so i can't be a child and there're going to be points in your life where you can't be this playful little kid because a kid is also rid of worry and expectation and responsibility which is why they're having so much fun but your life's going to ask you at various times in your life to be a lot more than just a kid so you can't be that and so i think that it's it's almost like befriending the child in you and creating a safe and beautiful environment for that child but you can only do that if you have also got the skills to be responsible and hard working and dedicated and and microdosing yourself with a little bit of discipline and suffering so that when the big shit goes wrong you're not a kid and you're an adult who's who's sort of I I I really started microdosing myself with some suffering like almost like a stoic like I don't you know small shit yeah. I don't want to chew my food so now I'm going to start chewing my food 35 times mm-hmm. just because 
I'm not going to keep being indulgent to everything I want when I want it. And that gives you micro doses of training. So when the big shit comes, you're not like, hey, I don't want to do I'm just a kid. <laughs> because life's going to test you on other ways too, bro. So I don't think it's all about that. I don't think it's all about this great dance. But I think that you can definitely have a childlike reaction or, or understand that most of our miseries are either imagination and they didn't really happen like that or things that are out of our control. Our reaction to them is in our control, man. So you can still, all I'm saying is you can still keep the child in your life, you know, but you need to arm that kid with skills uh, and sometimes those skills are things you need to pick up on the way by micro-training yourself. So I'm not a big believer in only being a kid. I think you need you need to arm yourself with a certain level of intelligence and know-how. But never stop that play, bro, mm. is what I'm saying. Don't become all like serious about shit. Life's too like depressing otherwise. Anyway, life will do all that for you, is what I think. <laughs> Get you like down and up and left and right. You got to make sure your only job is to keep the childlike beauty in you alive. Everybody, Cyrus Sahukar, I'll have Thanks, all bro. of the links for your Instagram, your Twitter. Please go follow him. Let's let's get this guy, you know, to 10 million followers tonight if that's possible somehow. From from the two to I have 10 million unfollowers. <laughs> <laughs> that's an achievement it's pretty impressive dude yeah 10 million people have said no <laughs> all the links will be below Cyrus is there anywhere where you would like to direct people you know whether it be Mind the Malahotras or anything like that that you feel you would like to direct people to watch of you uh, uh, very soon I think three series that I shot are going to be on either uh, one of these platforms I shot something for Sony Live which is out in a month uh, one more thing for Hotstar and Mind the Malotra shooting starts as soon as the lockdown is over uh, so that'll be out I think in October so there are these three projects that I'm sort of looking forward to and of course micro training myself to sort my shit out and starting my ramen or buttering my toast page on Instagram <laughs> I'm looking forward to it man. and I gotta say this has been honestly Arman if it ends up just you watching me butter a toast for one year straight we will reassess our shit okay <laughs> I'll be there I'll see you after two episodes if I'm still yeah, taking it yeah. I'm joking yeah, I'll yeah. be there man I have really appreciated this man I really appreciate your time I really appreciate hey, thank you energy. man same here and I just gotta say man like again I wanna say this um you don't have to be so down to earth. Like you don't have to be so nice. You don't have to be so pleasant when you're responding to me on WhatsApp. And I genuinely okay, bro. appreciate I'm just you. sending you a fuck you message. <laughs> neutralize this shit. <laughs> yeah, go go to hell. <laughs> I'll put that on the screen, man. Or for the listeners, I'll put that on Instagram. <laughs> there you go, bro. Uh, I'll just How's this working out? Huh? I love it. Uh, I, I sent you a nasty in. message. I said, uh, like, can you see us? Can I can't you? See oh, good. Go fuck Yeah, there you go. Bro. Huh? We're all good. I'm going to make sure I do that. <laughs> Sorry, it's from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your time, man. It was so much fun chatting with you. Man. Cheers. Cheers, bro.